All right, guys, what's going on? This is Carlos, CEO of GAR Capital. You're back again with the GAR Capital podcast. I am your host, Carlos Garcia. I am here with Nick Giacomo, again, uh, our guest from last week's podcast where your mic wasn't working. That's right. But now we got mics. We got a mic, guys. We're ready to go. So we're ready to talk about the market, uh, go over a couple of things together, um, what we see, what do we expect. I know there was something you want to talk about in regards to uh, what you read in terms of the almanac and seasonality. Am I correct? Right. So we want to talk about that. We'll get into that. Okay. So uh, we'll go ahead and begin with the disclaimer. Uh, As always, guys, all trading is assured, assumed with the risk of possible loss of capital. Use information at your own risk and practice proper risk management as well as risk tolerance towards your account and margin requirements with your broker. None of this information we provide is intended in any way, shape, or form to be investment advice. It is to be used for informational purposes only. We are not registered investment advisors, therefore nothing should be taken as investment advice. There goes the legal eagles. Good evening, Nick. Uh, happy Friday. Good evening. So pretty good week all around uh, in terms yeah. of the market, at least if you were a bear. Yes, it was. And you know, I love being bullish. So it, you know, it was a, one of those weeks where again, you're just playing the trend. Um, and so we got to see next week. I mean, this week, the way we closed, I mean, it's dicey still. You know, you know me. I'm still, I'm still gunning for lower a little bit more. You know, like we talked about today. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see. Again, guys, you guys are, remember last week we were talking. Um, I don't know if you guys could hear me last week a little bit, but I was saying basically 3800 is going to be that area where we listen. We may not even get there. All right, we're just taking it day to day. But I'm saying 3800 is that area where that was your December low. And again, historically like what Carlos was mentioning, I was going to say, was that historically since 1952, okay? Right. The establishment of the S&P 500 uh, in terms of record keeping, just for everyone to know, the the data usually begins by 1950. Go ahead, Nick. Sorry. So for the better part of 70 years, okay, as long as that September low holds, okay, or excuse me, the the December low. December low. The December low, which is right at 3,800. As long as that holds up into the end of March, we are going to soar. Great. Well, so that's that's if we get to the end of the quarter, which is the end of March, mind you. And again, March is historically bullish. It's mixed, seasonally seasonally. Bullish. Yeah, we talked about seasonally. that seasonally. Um, if anyone uh, will watch the morning note, I assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you're fans of also our YouTube channel. Uh, I talk every morning at nine a.m. Eastern Standard Time talking about the markets and news and everything like that. And again, that's free for everybody, uh, just like this podcast. Um, in that regard, I would talk about the seasonality of the S&P 500 mm-hmm. uh, in pre-election years. Mm-hmm. The next presidential election being uh, next year in 2024. My God, time flies. So again, the seasonal uh, adjustment or the S&P is that we get that weakness towards the tail end of February. The tail end of February tends to be the weakest uh, times in the S&P 500, actually, historically speaking. So we kind of went with that analog, and that script has been played out pretty well. Uh, we said in our blog, the 4,200 level uh, was that resistance. We needed to close above there. Uh, we wicked it, but we didn't close. So again, we broke some key support, the 20-day moving average. Remember that? We talked about that momentum kind of being that momentum indicator on the S&P 500 futures. Uh, We talked about that 50-day moving average yesterday uh, when we had those five puts. Mm. Uh, We tagged it twice, bounced above, but three times it it let go because of that PCE. 
but mind you guys, if you're looking at this chart at home, uh, the S&P 500 futures or SPY or SPX spot, the trend line hasn't been breached. Um, it's actually held up pretty nicely. So uh, what that tells me as a trader is that it's really a technical price action market. It is, uh, absolutely. Yeah, fundamentals. I mean, I think everyone can comfortably say that inflation is still too high, but it's it's falling. Is it falling enough? That's the no, question. That, that's the question. I think uh, that's something that the bears are running with. Fair enough. Uh, the bulls will probably talk about that golden cross like me, mm -hmm. the 50 above the 200. Again, that's still in play. Um, talked about this a couple of weeks ago that the retesting of the trend line uh, was going to happen probably through CPI. But the mm -hmm. CPI came in, it met expectations, the market loved it, and we bounced. And again, we rode calls up there. So uh, the point of that is that the facts change. One thing can be true and the other thing can be true as well, that price action and fundamentals in a kind of an interesting way are lining up pretty perfectly. I may not be right, but, but I'm, I'm not, not wrong. wrong, right? So let's go over really quick. <laughs> let's go real quick over the, uh, the week of, this, of the actual major market uh, indices. Um, for example, the Dow fell 2.64% this week. Uh, it's very actually equally exactly to the IWM small caps. Yeah. Uh, S&P 500 fell nearly 3% for the week and NASDAQ being the laggard down 3.7. Uh, the reason I state that is because still year to date, guys, year to date, the NASDAQ's up 9.41%, IWM's up 7.54%, S&P up 3.89%, and the Dow is officially red for the year. Good. What do you make of that, Nick? What is the first thing that comes to your mind? The first thing that comes to my mind is, again, we're in that weakness period, guys. We had a great run up. You know how this goes, especially the guys that have been with us through the months or the years. Mm -hmm. Right. So again, guys, we're still at the tail end of February next week, at least I think in the early part of the week, we're going to see some bear activity. I don't know for, I can't say for sure right now if we're going to go lower, but I can say this, the dollar is, is relentless. It has more room to go. It, it hit a little bit of resistance today. I think 105, uh, let me get that. Yeah, it looks like it's ready to go higher. I mean, me. yeah, no, we talked about that too on YouTube at uh, 105 was a breakout level. Right. Um, right, that was a key level. We broke yeah. out of it and that actually helped our shorts. Right. Keep uh, in mind. But we're, we're getting close to resistance, at least in terms of moving averages. 106.37 being your 100 day uh, and 106.50, right. let's call it, would be your 200 day. So could we could that line up with your thesis a little of possibly 3,900? A little week? more pressure. A little more pressure. Because, the what I, you know, again, at night, guys, what I like to do is, you know, I scour the charts. And I go over this on a nightly basis. Again, this is this is what we live, we eat and breathe this, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, when I see this and I see some of the components, they're not, some of them are already washed out, but they have a little bit more to go. Some of them have already completed. Maybe they have a little bit more, but there are some names out there that I think we're going to be paying attention to into next week on the watch list that'll be up on Sunday that we, we need to pay attention to for weakness just a little bit more. Again, we got to get... Um, we got to get that, that we got to get this retesting done. And, and you could say, well, this 200 day could hold. Well, guess what? You don't know. And nobody does because we're sitting at the 200 now and we're stuck beneath the 50. So right now, what we're looking for is basically that 200 to break, which is the trend line. And then see if we can get to down, uh, down to the hundred day, which again, we talked about this last week on the podcast. You remember guys, 3920. What do we say about that? The Powell put area. That was where we had the summer rally breakout point from august so 
if we get back to there, 3,900 or so, I think that's going to be the area where we want to start to look to buy. And that'll line up right with the end of February. It'll line up into March where Mm -hmm. we can start seeing that reversal, um, you know, across the board, basically. A a couple of things that stood out to me uh, when I was reading that Dow year to date being read. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking here through Finviz, uh, what I use, F-I-N-V-I-Z. It's free for everybody, whoever wants to use it. I'm going at the heat map of the S&P 500 going year to date. And what it tells me is that you're getting a rotation out of value. Value mm-hmm. was the big winner last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, healthcare, we know energy killed it. We know that the staples killed it. Uh, the consumer defensives. When I say defensives, Coca-Cola, which is down 6% for the year. Procter & Gamble, down 8% for the year. Uh, Philip Morris down 2.6% for the year. Uh, energy companies. And that I want to kind of pivot to this, uh, Nick, yes. in regards to energy. And I was having this conversation with Nick, uh, our other Nick, about energy stocks. Mm. So really quickly, I want to go over some of these energy names year to date. Okay. Uh, CVX, Chevron down 9.5%. XOM is actually green, 0.41% year to date. Oxy Petroleum down 6.37%. That's a Warren Buffett fave. Uh, we also have uh, ConocoPhillips, 10.8% to the downside. Uh, granted, Schlumberger is green. Halliburton is minus 6%. Uh, Marathon Oil um, is up year to date about 7.33%. So probably the best performing one out of all the energy companies. So what I am seeing with this is that the Nasdaq's outperforming, even with rates being rather elevated. And you would have thought, about that. yeah, and the energy market, I think we've actually hit peak oil. Um, I think it, it gets to the point that I think energy 2022 is very similar to tech 2020. Mm-hmm. I think energy is going to be a week this year. I think it's going to mm-hmm. be very weak. Now, I think it's going to be a combination of things. I think in order to keep their stock price higher and keep the demand, these energy companies are going to spend a lot of their balance sheets on dividends. Dividend increases, stock buybacks, fair enough, but that doesn't help production because the energy market is weak. Remember, we went from 130 to, to now 76.45. And you know, the war in Ukraine is not over. You know, there's still sanctions. Right. Imagine if there's some kind of peace deal. Again, right. that would flood the market with more Russian oil. Mm-hmm. What do you think will oil prices be by then? I think oil market is something that if you are seeking for a dividend, fine, go for it. But long term, I really do believe that oil is pretty much, this is probably the last time we'll be above 100. The last two were out. Yeah, it, it seems like that. And again, uh, the reason I say, obviously, the dollar being firm helps. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, the, the demand for gasoline is not what it used to be 10 years ago. Of course. You know, in, the, in the previous, when we had 2008, with the great financial crisis, right. uh, oil was soaring. It was around like 140, 150. I remember that. Uh, remember Hurricane Katrina happened too. Mm-hmm. Granted, that was a little earlier uh, before the financial crisis, obviously, but it still affected uh, the market, uh, the oil market and soared and everything like that. But then after that, it was dead money, guys. Oil was dead money and oil energy companies were dead money. And again, I have nothing against owning energy companies at all. The only thing is I think this is probably a time you may want to take a look at your portfolio, maybe take some profits there. If not, if it's just dividends, it's fair. But uh, I would not be adding aggressively on oil just yet. And again, I'm going to go ahead and bring up uh, oil futures here. If anything, oil will probably be my big short because we keep ping-ponging at right around 75. 
The next level of support is probably around 65 and below that, you're gonna talk about 61 and then 57.25. Granted guys, 57.25 is where we were in March of 2021. That's not out of the realm of reality. And who was there wasn't a lot of drivers back then. I mean, 2021, we, again, we were, we're talking about, yeah. we're talking. So people are back working. You know, the China reopening has not been favorable to oil, at least yet. We're not seeing it. And well, it's not like, you know, oil is the only commodity that has fallen. Right. I mean, lumber, we, we, we were reading the uh, conference call about from Home Depot that lumber, falling lumber prices were taking a hit on their EPS. Hmm. Imagine that. Right. So we're starting to, I, I think, we're starting to see the cracks of maybe not deflation, but disinflation. Where mm -hmm. inflation starts falling rapidly enough, first it starts getting into commodities because the currency gets firmer as you start tightening monetary policy like we're doing. Mm -hmm. So we're, I'm already seeing prices stabilize. Hell, we, we had our peak in oil back in July. That was basically the peak in inflation. The right. problem now is the speed. I think the market is kind of front running the speed. The bond market is showing red signs of you know yield curve inversion that they're expecting the 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 Fed to really really tighten. Mm -hmm. And again, I think the risk is that if they don't really tighten that strongly, yields are going to fall pretty quickly because now keep in mind a two year is starting to flirt with five percent. Mm -hmm. It gets to the point for investors that it's too enticing not to invest in. I agree. A risk free for two years for five percent is I not agree. bad. The only thing is, is how my mortgage is not even that. <laughs> the only thing is, is we got to see what happens with uh, with Russia and Ukraine. Right, but we, we don't expect we, anything to happen. Right, overnight. again, we, we don't. We, again, th those things are really obviously out of our control. We don't know. Yes. But um, again, you know, we can we we keep a positive attitude and at least you know give the benefit of the doubt that we're not going to have World War Three. All right, so again. <laughs> We'll have to wait and see. I, I Obviously, you know, anything is possible. But uh, at least at the moment, the way we see it, that's how it is. That's right. what it looks like. Right. Right. And then so kind of the playbook, Nick, if you want to bounce the idea off me. Yeah. Uh, feel free to interrupt me. Yes. I'm looking at S&P 500 futures. We closed that 39.74. Yeah. The 50-day being 39.98. Mm -hmm. So here's my playbook. The downtrend in terms of that trend line is right at 3950, yes. which I would say within three points coincides with the 200 day. Correct. I would say from now forward, that is our support. I yes. wouldn't want to be short into this weakness until we breach that. Well, we may see again, the way I, again, for the S and P, yes, a lot of names, again, it's going to be on the watches on Sunday. There are a few names. I don't want to say a lot, but there are a few that are broke down today and they have not they have not, uh, they broke their uptrend today. Oh, a couple of them. Remember we talked about Meta last week? Well, Meta didn't do shit this week. No. We played, you know, uh, what do we play? AMD last week. We played. We, we uh, played AMD. We closed out Google. Friday. We played Google, Netflix, which tanked. Netflix, which was great. Yeah, I didn't hold the runners. I know, I didn't. I know. We Man, did. What can you do? We did. But the guys did, I think. Some of them did. Maybe. Uh, we also but, played uh, Spy Put. And Spy. But, the, but the, the thing is, um, some of them are starting to crack a little bit more. And I think. You know, the way I look at this is that there's no reason to be bullish just yet. Obviously, the S&P is a component we want to pay attention to, but that doesn't mean that you can't have individual names, you know, give up their goods while the S&P is consolidating. Maybe we chop around between the 50-day and the 200-day, and we still see continued weakness in tech. Keep in mind, rates are still bullish. The dollar's still bullish. So let's see. Again, we're getting out of, we're almost there, getting out of that seasonal weakness period. Right. And then we'll see. But I think going into the early part of next week, we should be 
you know, at least on the lookout for some of the names that, you know, have a little bit more weakness, potentially. I, I think your main levels, if you're playing at home or watching at home, playing at home, again, Jeopardy, uh, a play Jeopardy thing. You play with me. Yeah, play, play with me, Jeopardy. Sure. Uh, so the way I see it, 3,900 S&P 500 is your really big level of target in terms of support. That's a level not seen since January 9th. Yep. And that was the first pop that we had in January. I want to say uh, that was the CPI of January. And I created that pop and then we had a yep. fade. I would say the level where it gets extremely interesting, and I, I don't think we get there, is 3,800. 3,800. Right. We and said that, that last podcast. Yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, that's a level that we have not seen uh, since the beginning of the year and tail end of December where we had that consolidation If period. that breaks before the end of March, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. I don't think we get there. Just but keep I, that in I, mind. If yeah, that were to go, uh, so, Jay, you so know. kind of the strategy for me, at least technically speaking, S and P five hundred. I think you use a two hundred day as your as your support. If that does break, then you're targeting thirty nine hundred. That would be what three ninety spy. Yeah, I guess so. Take away a zero. Three ninety spy. A, there's a, there's it's like a difference a, of a buck. A, yes, exactly. So let's say three eighty nine spy. Just call it a spade. I would say that would probably be my next target. Three ninety one in that or, case. Yeah, three ninety one. Right. Fine. Uh, that would be kind of the target for the strike. Uh, again, always kind of keep an eye on the, well, not volume so much as really time and the momentum. So uh, right now we're kind of in no man's land. The way I'm Pretty seeing, much. I mean, it's kind of like you're right in between that 50 and that 200, not exactly giving us a lot of edge. Uh, we could always bounce and retake that 50. If we s actually settle, meaning we close an actual candle, the daily candle above the 50 day, which would be 4,000, let's call it. That would be a pretty bullish setup. Um, and that would start making me want to target 49.50, a uh, 40.50, excuse me, mm -hmm. which was support towards the middle end of February that we kind of wicked a couple of times. Don't, so again, yeah. previous support becomes new resistance when you're in a yeah. downtrend. The way I see this, guys, honestly, is just, just hold 3,900. Right. Because that was your breakout point. So if you start scratching below there, I mean, we're, in, we're, in, we're, we're starting to get on that area where it's kind of dangerous territory. We could go to 3,900 and everything would be fine. But right. remember, we broke out from 3,900, 3,920 in there. So we want that to hold up because that would be considered a complete retest of the breakout that we've had. And so that right. would be healthy. I, I would say in terms of moving forward, 3,900 mm -hmm. is obviously a higher probability to me than 4,100. Yes. By the 3rd of March. I would, I would agree with you. So I think 3,900 is definitely more in play. Yes. Because um, we don't have much news. We had guys. a big run-up. No, it, yeah, it's fine. But we just don't have much news coming up You don't up have a lot week. of news, and there's still weakness. I mean, take right. a look at the charts. We don't Again, have not going off of what I think, just look at the charts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, we don't have NFP next week. They had to move that to the week after because February is a short month. Yeah. So keep in so, mind, that NFP is going to come out right before FOMC, and that's the Fed that's blackout it. period. So I expect us... Right. NFP to be a bullish event running up into the FOMC, and then we'll see what they say. Right. Uh, I expect us to, 20, to get a 25 basis point hike, but uh, I would say from March 1st, if we're above the 50-day moving average by March 1st, I would say that we'll rally That's back to 4,100, uh, if not Pronto. slightly a little higher. Uh, QQQ bounced off that 200-day that moving average around 291, Nick. Uh, there's a gap to fill. Actually, there is no gap to fill, at least on Qs. Yes, there is. To the upside, actually. To the downside, there is. 288. Where? Take a look. 
Oh, yes, there is. 288. Very close. You're right. 288. So there's another gap to fill to the upside as well, which is right around 303.18. It's a level we've been we'll talking see. about. I think yesterday we talked about it. 296.87. That was that resistance that we had from mid-January to uh, mid mid uh, December, excuse me, December and January. So let's see if we break that 296.87 level or are you looking for the 287.71 level to get filled with that gap that you're talking about? What seems more likely? To me? Yes. Do you think that we crack that resistance to the upside or no. we actually fill that gap no, downwards? We need, we need, I think we need a little bit more pain, a little bit more blood. When you say a little more pain. 3,900. 39.20, well, let, let's get to uh, maybe 286 on Qs. If you're looking at RSI for SPY, we're trading at a 42, uh, nearing oversold levels. Yeah. Well, if we go to QQQ on the daily, we're only at 46. A um, little bit more. A little and bit more. retest that, that breakout yeah, point. That, that makes a lot of and sense. And that's it. Yeah, I mean, looking at ES as well, it's trading at a 40. Remember, 30 is oversold and 70 is overbought if you trade RSI. But I mean, it kind of fits that narrative that a little more pain, get you to 3,900, kind of that round number theory right. where, you know, you get a little bit of, uh, you know, people start piling on downside and the market says, nope, and that go would, to hell. And that would be very technically based. When you look at the chart, you can see that that's where we broke out from. Keep in mind, we consolidated there in that range between 3,800 and 3,900 for two or three trading weeks. How many weeks is that? One, two, three, four, two trading weeks. Mm -hmm. That's a big spot, guys. So, I mean, we just want to pay attention to that. 3,900, I think, you know, at That's least the way I look at it, it's like you're buying there and you'll know if you're wrong very quickly. Right. Okay. That's fair enough. Uh, so, so we're basically saying that if we break below 3,950, the 200 day, yes, and we close below there, we're going to 3,900. But give or, give, uh, give or take 20 points. So I would say 3,920, so the, so the, the risk reward isn't the best. No, it's not the best. So that's the thing is now is really you're looking for uh, cheap being calls. prudent going into next week. Mm -hmm. You just want to take a look at the individual names that maybe have a little bit more weakness. If we see strength, I mean, guys, we're going to play it. But again, right now, the way that they look, the way the charts look, yeah, it's, it's a, anybody's it, guess. It, not only that, it's a, granted, we have a full week next week. Um, not, not, no holidays or anything, right. which is nice. And I think we should see more weakness, a little bit. A little bit more. A little bit. Yeah, maybe that maybe tenure breaks reaches four. Just 4%. spook spook me. Just spook the <laughs> spook the traders. Yeah. Kind of kind of ring everyone out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the old retest. Mm -hmm. That's a not the not the old rug pull. No, no, no. The no. rug pull is where you don't expect it. No, 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 no. Right, right. A little so, bit more. So Nick, you know, we're not gonna be all business. So I wanna ask you. Yes. Talk kind of me. behind the scenes doing what you do. Be honest with me. How often do you track futures on your phone? Well, the thing is, guys, I mean, honestly, um, I mean, I'm, I'm usually I'm usually good at that. You know, when it comes to checking things, you know, if I'm I try not to perseverate over things. Problem is, if to, in order to do this, I think, you know, really, and I, I'm talking to students and people that really are, you know, considering doing this, you know, and, and develop that craft, you have to do it. You have to be it has to be one of the only things that you think about. And, and that means when you come home, you're looking at charts. When you go to sleep, you're thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow. You have to be on top of it because, again, the people you're trading against, they're thinking the same way. So you have to be de very dedicated and you have to do it for a considerable amount of, amount of time. You know, eventually you'll get it. It just takes maybe, I don't know, I think in my, my opinion, maybe three to five years. But you have to. The problem is 
like law school. Uh, you know, go to law school. You, right. Or med Again, school, you, right? You, the problem is the, the time. That's Twelve years of school. The time, the time that you have to put in. Uh, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pay the bills. You gotta do things, sure. but. I mean, well, the good news is that at least with our signals, I mean, you have to know a little bit like about entry and exit yeah, if you're course. a premium, but we do kind of the legwork, you know, in a way. Yeah, I think, I think that, yeah, so you're I mean, thinking like a hedge fund at this point. Yeah. Right. That's at, kind at of that point. Entry. Again, that's, that's what basically the service is. I mean, you're, you're basically have guys that think like a hedge fund. So, you know, we're, we're basically trading on that level. And so we approach the market in that way, just because that's all we do. You know, yeah. um, yeah. I know Carlos goes to bed at what time you go to 10, 10 PM at night. 10 p.m. That's my, I'm so old. My he's up at, he's up me. at four or five in the five morning. In the morning. Yeah. I like to sleep a little later. No, no. Okay. I like I like being up. I'm older. He's always you know? up. And the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is look for look for my phone, and then I'm reading the headlines on Twitter. Um, you pretty much know when I'm awake when I'm retweeting stuff for the most part, right? Because uh, I always like reading. I want to know what happened overnight. Right. I want to know where futures are at. I want to see what the dollar is. I want to see. Uh, where interest rate move? What are the headlines? What's moving? What's shaking? Got to read the Bloomberg. Got I put CNBC in the office. Mm -hmm. uh, at this point, Nick, CNBC is telling us stuff we already know. Well, I mean, I mean, because remember, they're lag too. Yes, it's, it's, it's live TV, but they they were <laughs> lag data, right? Anyway, I mean, guys, I, I think the biggest thing, and I know you got some of the guys that tune in. You guys, you know, you're really doing your best and trying to figure things out on your own. You just got to give it time, man. You got to give it time. time. You have to give yourself time. And yep. the other thing is you have us. So at least, you know, you have that. We're always here. We'll always be able to, we'll always be able to be reached. So, um, you know, you're in good hands in, in that regard, but you know, to do it on your own. It's tough. It's tough. Just like anything else. Right. You got to have a good team. You got to have the, the experience. You got to have the knowledge. Eventually it's attainable. I think for, for everyone, I, I would say the most important thing at least externally from obviously mastering your craft and trading right. is to have good people that surround you that are supportive because yeah. this is not easy, man. Yeah, and people are going to say, Oh, you're a gambler. What are you doing? Right, you don't you're know, a degenerate. You know, you're right. And I've heard it all. Sure. I mean, but you know, it's kind of like a professional poker player, man. They, they know what they're doing. It's a skill game. It's very right. similar. Eventually you get to a point where it's like a symphony in a sense. Yeah. The music plays and you just know what you're doing. Right. Sure. Sure. You know, Any right. final uh, words for the week? Any wise words to give to the people, Nick? Yeah, that was wise words to the people. Yeah, or some wisdom that you want to share. Give me a piece of advice. I will tell you. Okay. If it's your first one to three years, mm -hmm. you need to develop a track record that you can actually be consistent. A system. Consistent. So you need, and you need to have a system. Yes. If you're, and, and on top of that, you need to be able to measure that, mm -hmm. right? So that has to, you have to have, create an Excel. You have to track your trades. You have to see and leave yourself a crumb trail of what you're doing wrong because you'll see a pattern of yeah. things that you do wrong. We all do it. We're human beings. We're all the same. Repetitive so, habits. you know, you'll eventually identify it, fix it to the best of your ability. And yeah. then at that point, you can start maybe taking more risk the first few years consistency is key the biggest thing is can i can i trust myself enough to be consistent if i can measure that then i can go ahead and maybe i can risk more money but why would i want to risk more money if i haven't even developed enough data to see if i'm consistent first yeah your scientific method yeah i get it and that to me is the num one of the most important things i i would say the quote that I've said this many times to students and to members, 
If you treat this, day trading, investing, everything, like a hobby, you will get paid like a hobby. If you treat it like a business, you will get paid like a business. It's all about what you put in. Just like, just because you have a gym membership doesn't mean you're in shape. You got to go there and put in the work. Right. And ask anyone who's ever worked out. You don't get results in a day. You don't get results in a week. You definitely don't get results in a month. Maybe by month three, you start noticing stuff changing. Right. If you're consistent. Mm -hmm. Day trading and investing and swing trading is no different, guys. It's all about the time you put in. Or you have a service or someone like people like us that can at least give you the information so you can make your own decisions. That's good. Right. We kind of cut through the clutter. So there you go. A lot of it. A lot of it. Yeah. And I know the videos got the videos that Carlos and I do, they help you guys. Yes. I've got a look a lot of good feedback on those nightly videos. So I'm gonna keep doing them. You know, I yeah. and um you guys know I'm always available. So yeah, whatever you guys need, just send us a DM on the let Discord. Us know on the Discord, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for those that are not on the Discord, feel free to email us garcapital at gmail.com with your podcast questions. Just put podcast questions. Yeah, we we'll should go, do that. Yeah, we'll just make sure to get flagged. Right, uh, we should do we'll that. flag the actual uh, email when they come in and we'll answer some next time. So feel free to let us know through email. Again, it's garcapital at gmail.com. Nick, have a great weekend. Same to you, sir. So we'll see you on, well, I'll be on on Monday for the morning note. Will you be on the Discord? I hope so. Ready Let's to win? Let's win. Let's do it, partner. All right, guys. Uh, big shout out to the team. Have a great weekend. And uh, we'll see you again for a new week. New opportunities and new money. Let's rock it. Have a good one, guys.